think we're going to jump right into our Bible study. So do pray for Pastor that God will hedge him up as he's driving all the way up there to uh, Washington State. Yeah, that's a long ways to wa- drive up there, right? It's like 1,600 to 1,800 miles. or how, how many miles is it? Maybe it's 1,000. I forget. Too many? Too many, that's right. So, anyways, it's nice to be able to take your time rather than being in a hurry. I've driven that over 24 hours or 26 hours. It's just, it's pretty tough. So, anyways, that's, uh, when you get older, you can't do that as much. And so, so definitely pray that he'll get his batteries recharged. Levi, do you mind uh, looking underneath my chair and grab my water? I need to do that. If you'll look, turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4 tonight. Colossians chapter 4. Thank you. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14. We'll start reading here. The Bible says, Luke, the beloved physician and Demas, greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church which is in the house. And And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans. And that ye likewise read the epistle... Uh, from Laodicea and say to Ar- Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The, uh, the salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Grace be unto you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for your goodness, your love, Lord, tonight. I pray that you'd take our moments tonight, that you would just allow us, Lord, to look at your word, that you'd uh, allow us, Lord, help us, Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts and bless our time. Lord, thank you for these folks that have come out on a Wednesday night. I pray that you bless them, bless those that are watching by live stream. God, we thank you for the opportunity to open the word of God. We pray that you bless it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we think about titles tonight is using your talents for God's glory. Using your talents for God's glory. In introduction in Colossians chapter 1 and 2, Paul exalts Jesus Christ to his rightful place as the preeminent one in the universe. He explains that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. Jesus is the creator of the world and therefore is sufficient in meeting every spiritual and physical need we have. Paul's explanation of Jesus Christ defeated the heresies that were uh, trying to take their, uh, their way into the church. <laughs> or make their way into the church. Uh, the Colossians heresy of the first century is very similar to the New Age heresy of the 21st century. There are many today in the media and government who want to silence Jesus Christ and remove him from the public life. But that will never happen. Why? He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Because of who he is, we should give our lives to honor, glorifying, and serving him. God wants our life to, uh, life to count for him. God wants... Uh, wants to use you in service of Jesus Christ. You do not have to be a pastor with a Bible college or a seminary degree to be used of God. God desires to use everyone here, everywhere you are in life. I, you know, we think about how, um, how in, uh, we think about the Hall of uh, Fame in, in Hebrews 11. Uh, many of us Christians are familiar with that, the Hebrews of Hall of Fame. We find men and women who, are, who were used of God and were not all full-time preachers. In fact, most were not. 
Uh, we think of, uh, there in Hebrews 11:3. we think about by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Abel the shepherd. Uh, we think of about uh, Hebrews 11:6 by faith Noah, a carpenter, an ark builder. He was an ark builder. That didn't just happen on part-time work. <laughs> he definitely put in some time in it. Well, his family, I'm sure, was too. But uh, carpenter for sure, good, good skills there, Noah, uh, by faith. 11.8 uh, says, by faith, Abraham, a businessman. By the way, Abraham was a business, very, very smart individual. Okay, And not only smart, but he had faith, which really made up for a lot of things. God really blessed Abraham. And so, but 11.11, uh, Hebrews 11.11, through faith, also Sarah, who is a homemaker. We think about the things that God done through people. And God continues to do things through people. Amen? We think about uh, Hebrews 11.23, by faith, Moses. We think about a very political uh, leader, a politician, you might say, Moses. Uh, and certainly one to start later in life. Uh, Hebrews 11.30, we talk about Joshua, a general, uh, taking, the, taking the place of Moses. Joshua, 11.31, Hebrews 11.31, by faith, the harlot Rahab, a former harlot. And we think about the importance of Rahab doing what she did. And the, uh, we think about all the things that happened because people obey the Lord. Amen. And talk about the um, being intimidated. She's behind the wall. She's yeah. being the city of the enemy. She is maybe considered to be an enemy until they figure out who she is and that she loves and she's going to find that, uh, I believe she has a, she'll have a relationship. She respects Israel, the Jewish people. She respects their God. She's heard things. Yeah, and that's where it all starts, we think about. So Rahab's life has changed, and there's uh, things that happen in the future because Rahab simply Amen. follows through, and we see what happens. So there's some lineage going on down the road. So also 1132, Gideon, uh, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah were judges. Uh, 1130, uh, 11.32, also David, a king, and Samuel, a prophet. Different people, different areas. By faith, they did things. Most of those people were not full-time preachers, but they were men and women of faith who God used. God wants to use you to influence others for him. He is using you today. Offer yourselves to God as a living sacrifice, and he will use you for his glory. What, uh, whoever you are, wh whether you do, you do uh, whatever you do, God wants to use you. What you ha what you have for Him, if you have possessions, make them available for God's service. If you have talents and gifts, God gave them to you to use for Him. If you have influence, use the influence for God. Money, possessions, time, talent. As a Christian, it's all for God. Amen. What a great thing that is. Let's let's meet some of the let's meet more uh, some more people faithful servants of God, and so we see here in Colossians, um, we think about Luke, the beloved physician. Luke was a Luke the physician greets you, and we think about being available for God. Uh, what do you do? What do we know about Luke? He was a Christian doctor. There are several things that were that were true of of Luke. He was an educated Gentile, most likely from Antioch, the church that sent out Paul and Barnabas. <clears throat> Both then and now, physicians have to go through a great deal of education to become a doctor. We think also the fact that he was a wealthy. Both then and now, physicians typically do quite well on the economic ladder of success. So we think about the, you can 
definitely tell by the cars they drive. Yeah, and uh, some of them drive some pretty nice cars, do pretty well. We appreciate them quite well, don't we? When when we got to get them, when we were trying to get through, uh, uh, if whether it's brain surgery or whether whatever it is that they're doing for us, we're very thankful when they uh, uh, when they when they uh, uh, exercise their gift, their talents, right? When we think about the things that they have learned. Uh, we're very thankful for that. We pray for that. We pray for the good. I pray for the doctor's wisdom. And so certainly doctors are a blessing. Uh, but we think about how Luke was a blessing because he didn't just do it uh, on a professional note as far as in an office uh, as much as he did it alongside of Paul as he would go on some trips. And so uh, we think about the great thing. So he was a wealthy guy, I believe. He was a committed Christian. Luke gave up the comforts of home to travel with Paul, the Apostle Paul on his missionary journeys and, 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 and to join him in his imprisonment. He was a well-loved by Christians. In verse 4, uh, it says, uh, it calls him beloved physician. This man was willing to sacrifice his wealth and comforts for the glory of God and advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Great is his reward in heaven. We think about, you know, there, uh, there are people that... Um, have great needs out there. It's not uncommon for missionaries to reach out and or actually even, I'm sure there are a few of them, have become doctors or dental, dentists or different things. And so they go and they uh, either take those doctors with them or they take that talent they've procured and they take it with them. They'll fly it to some remote place where there's needs and they'll try to do the best to meet the needs of the people. That's a pretty cool thing. Now, um, I think it's really a neat thing. Uh, I know my boss, one of my old, uh, one of my past bosses, uh, he had, he was, he's pretty well to do, but uh, he had children that were running the company, and I'm sure uh, over time they had worked and they had uh, put out like let's say goals, and they would go and they would put it, they would go and find a place where they needed a well, and they would pay for a well, or they would pay for some different things that maybe in Africa and other places where they really were in need of something, and they would pro pro they would try to provide that need. And uh, I'm sure my boss was more on the tone of providing a need and also giving out the gospel. But he trained his kids to do that. Now, I think that was pretty cool, pretty neat, because it's more than just, it, it, sometimes it is giving out a cool cup of water, or sometimes it is providing needs. Maybe someone has some uh, uh, doctor needs. And we think about uh, Luke here. He was a doctor that gave up much uh, to do that. And... Uh, he, uh, and so praise the Lord for a, a doctor and, he, uh, and a sacrifice that he put. Uh, and we think about the glory to God that that, uh, that would be, become. And uh, we think about how the question here is, are you available for God? Are you available for God's service? Can you say with many uh, other servants of God, it is about time. It's all about him. It's not about, it's not about me. It's about him. And we think about the talents that you have, the things that you could do. Luke, uh, we think about being used of God. So available for God, Luke was available for God. He made himself available. And so also we find that he was used by God. Luke used the occupation to help, uh, uh, help care for the Apostle Paul and the missionary team. International travel then and now had its dangers and medical issues. And if you're traveling with Paul, you, think, talk, you listen to what Paul went through, and you're going, wow, yeah, almost got stoned. Yeah, it's nice to have a doctor with you when you're getting... You think you're going to die, and you got stoned, or you know you, you're getting beat on, or whatever. And uh, and you have a good thing to have a doctor, ain't it? And uh, <laughs> but uh, we think about how um, 
we think about how it was great to have that. What a great thing to have a doctor and a missionary team. Some think that Paul's thorn in the flesh was a medical condition relating to his eyes. He thanked the Galatian church for their willingness to pluck out their own, uh, their very eyes for him, Galatians 4.15. We don't know for sure if he had eye disease, but we do know it was a great blessing to have a doctor along. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. Luke wrote an eloquent presentation of Jesus Christ. His writings show a strong mastery of the Greek language. If you combine the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts and compare them to Paul's writings, you find that Luke wrote 5,000 more words than the Apostle Paul. Luke was with Paul at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4.11. Paul said, only Luke is with me. Tradition says that after Paul was martyred, Luke preached the gospel to Italy, Galatian, Galatia, Dalmatia, and Macedonia. Wow. We think about being used of God. Amen? What a great thing. You know, it's one thing when you think about that. We think about, it, it's a great story when you hear people uh, that were used of God. I think... Uh, I think I remember hearing about um, uh, different stories, uh, different hymns in the book, and how those people that penned those hymns in the book, a lot of those people did some great things for God. Were either pastors, preachers, or whatever, and they, they did great things for God. They were used. Uh, they were penning the Bible. They had inspiration. They had that. Uh, they had uh, the, the Holy Spirit in their lives. Right? They were serving God. And I believe we need to be about his business. We need to be serving God. And uh, we think about how some, and uh, some will be abandoning God, unfortunately. We think about how, um, how uh, in some cases, people abandon God. But, you know, the fact is that God doesn't abandon us. Amen? Right. Amen. He keeps after Amen. us. And uh, we think about some of those people uh, that uh, uh, <clears throat> Demas greets you. We think about how... Um, there are three references to Demas in Scripture. Demas, the fellow servant, Philemon 24. Demas, Colossians 4.14. Demas uh, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world in 2 Timothy 4.15. What a contrast to John Mark, the man with a surprising future. At one point, John Mark forsook a first missionary journey, only later to be restored by Barnabas. Demas forsook Paul and apparently never returned. He loved the world. Uh, he loved the world. What does not, uh, that does not refer to the physical world. This refers to the evil system controlled by Satan. It is our society without, with, without God. A society without God. Our, our, our society has problems, does it? Amen. It does have problems. And that problem is getting more clear as it's without God. Right. More, many people are pulling away from godly principles. And maybe if they, even if they weren't saved, they were following godly principles and they're moving away from that. And they're turning to a different system, the system of the devil. John describes the worldly system as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life in John, uh, John 2. He says, if you love the world, worldly system, you don't love God. James says the friend of the world is the enemy of God. James 4.4 4 says we don't know which of the three uh, traps, Demas, perhaps all three. Demas uh, thought he could serve two masters. He thought he could have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Ever tried to stand in two canoes, one foot in one canoe and one foot in the other? It will, it will not work. You will fail, especially going down a rough river, right? <laughs> a calm river. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no way. Uh, you will fall. Demas had such opportunity, and he threw it all away. He took his eyes off Christ. 
He chose not to use his talents for God. He wasted his life. Using my talents for God. We think about verse 17 of our scripture here. And, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Now understand, he's, he received that from the Lord. A lot of people go, oh, he received that from this minister over here, that preacher, or that pastor, or whatever. They gave him a job to do, but he received it of the Lord, still of the Lord, we think. And uh, that's, a, that's a pretty neat thing. Uh, I remember uh, somebody praying. They were uh, up doing a roof, and roofing can be very dangerous. Uh, I've actually heard of people falling off a roof and dying, breaking their neck and dying. Uh, this does happen. Uh, roofs can be very complicated. If you start tripping, uh, it's a very dangerous thing. Uh, anyway, somebody was uh, starting to slide off a roof. It was a pretty steep roof, and they were trying to slide off a roof, and they started praying, oh, God, please save me. And he knew if he fell off the other end, he was going to, well, he probably wouldn't make it. So he started sliding, he started praying, and all of a sudden, a, uh, a nail caught his loop of his pants, just in the nick of time. The guy goes, oh, don't worry about it, I got it, I got it here. And he didn't realize, you know, maybe God put that nail in for a reason. Think about the things we overlook, the things, little things that, oh, that was a nail, that wasn't from God, you know. But we think about the ministry God gives us, how important it is to understand, and using our talents for God. Paul told Archippus to use, uh, take heed to the ministry and fulfill it. Archippus may be the son of Philemon. He was taken for, uh, he, he, he has taken the spiritual leadership while Pastor Epaphras uh, 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 is away. Every one of us should listen closely to the instruction of Paul. We think about how it's so important for us to take it seriously. Sometimes we take things too, too flippantly. And we think about the importance we have making our life count for the Lord Jesus Christ, pointing people to Jesus Christ, influencing others for God. God equips the saints with spiritual gifts they can use to fulfill the ministry. He has given them. Why does God choose to give me spiritual gifts? We think about, number one, we think about the fact to glorify himself. Let me go back to something here, okay? And some people say, well, you know, I just don't have the gift of giving out the gospel. And we think about, that's not really a gift. We think about how some people are better than others. But that is something that we're all commanded to do, honestly. If, if that is giving out the gospel track to somebody and, and to letting them tell, telling them that the gospel is in there or going through the gospel with them with that, or uh, we have all the opportunity to go through the gospel with them. And we, have, we all have that. And we should better ourselves and try to, uh, do better all the time in that area and get help from God to do that. Uh, but we think about the talents you have. I can't play the piano, but uh, there's some people like Miss Isha. Mrs. Isha can play the piano, and, and uh, Mackenzie can play the piano, and then Nolan can play the piano. Some people can play. I can't play the piano, but that's a talent. Praise the Lord. I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, there's a lot, of, I can't play the violin and other things like that. And uh, we think about the talents people have, put them to use, and uh, make use of it your talents for the Lord. And we can all do things, but understand that uh, we need to give our talent. We need to put forth our talents that we have and, let, and that they might glorify God. Listen to this. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. In 1 Peter 4.11, If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To, who, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we give glory to God when we use what we have for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so we do that. 
If we really practice this word, verse, there would be less conflicts in, in, in churches. If we lose sight of it, we start looking at ministries as a territory or a thing to be protected. Or this is what I do, and don't touch it. We lose sight. Don't touch that. In reality, we need to let people do things and, and invite them, but we need to be uplifting. Uh, we need to be lifting up Christ and pointing his goodness and grace. And so we also understand that we also understand that um, we also understand that glorify him, but also to build up the body of Christ, the local church. You know, the church needs to be built up. And uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God wants you to encourage, help, and strengthen someone in this local church. As you, as you use your talents and gifts, you help others grow spiritually. Amen. Man, we think about that is an important thing. It's an encouragement. So we need to put ourselves to work there. We need, we need to get involved. We also do it not only to build up the body of Christ, but to develop unity in the body of Christ. Here in Ephesians 4.13, Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so we understand that we, are, we have a job to do. We need to come together to see things in, in a like-minded way, to move forward to achieve the goals that God wants to, uh, us, to, us to. He, uh, the number one goal is fulfilling the Great Commission, helping people come to know the Lord as their Savior and then growing in things of God. It's such a sad thing when you go to a church and that used to give out the gospel and they don't give out the gospel anymore. If you look at certain churches over the time, uh, you, you'll go through the door and you'll go and, and you'll sit in some church and at one time there, to know that there were people being saved in that church. Maybe it's even a Presbyterian church or another church. They had, a, they had at one time, they had somebody in there that was preaching or whatever and they were giving altar calls and all this. People were getting saved. It was on hot and now it's just as cold as ice. The frozen chosen. <laughs> and they're not even chosen. I don't doubt if they're saved. It's a sad thing. The gospel is lost. When we think about that's a sad thing. So we also, we, so we need the, uh, maturity, uh, maturity in the body of Christ. We need to grow up. And to develop maturity in the body of Christ, that's an important thing. So to develop the unity, but also to develop the maturity. Boy, you might say this about some of your kids. I wish they would, would grow up, right? Mature, grow. And we need, to, we need to mature sometimes. We need to grow up sometimes. And Ephesians 4, 14 through 15 says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we're going somewhere with this. We're, we need to be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It's an amazing thing. There's some, there's some interesting things out there. You listen to them. But, you know, they don't line up with the word of God. If you get more mature, you understand. And it doesn't, doesn't match up with God's word. Sorry. And, um, 
and you throw that down right away. But we need maturity in our life. That doesn't happen unless you get into God's word. That doesn't happen until you stay faithful in God's house and God's word and prayer and, and God leading your life. We're not an island under ourselves. We as a body of Christ, we're going somewhere. We also understand that to develop the maturity in the body of Christ, but also um, we to grow the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.16 says this, Ephesians 4.16, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we understand that the body increases, the body grows, the body gets bigger. Uh, everybody, every, every part is working forward, moving forward. And seeing great things, allowing the Holy Spirit, allowing God to work in their lives, and sharing the gospel. And we, we need to, as a church, we need to be growing and going somewhere. Healthy things grow. Um, and some things don't grow. Some things in my yard, the weeds grow, and the right things don't grow, right? You know, but that's because I don't take, I, I'm, not, I'm not paying attention to them. You know, if I, if I, if I, if I studied up on some of those plants I got and did some work, they would start growing. I start watering them. That's even a bonus, isn't it? <laughs> you know, some weeds, they don't even need water. I don't know. Certain trees, they don't need to water. It's like, where are they getting the water? They're still growing. I don't know. Anyways, but we know, about, we, know we need, need to be moving forward. We need to grow. The body of Christ needs to grow. What is the difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents? And uh, we think about how um, <clears throat> we think about how uh, talents that people have, spiritual gifts. Here's natural natural uh, talents received from biological parents. Those are natural talents. Spiritual gift given by the Holy Spirit. We th see that natural talents is present from natural birth. And we see also the spiritual gifts is pre present from conversion. When you got saved, we think about natural talents, benefits in the early realm. Spiritual gifts, benefits in the spiritual realm. Amen. You know, it's an amazing thing. When I first got saved, I'm telling you, there's some things I did not understand about the Bible, God's Word. I could tell you, I, I'm sure I sat underneath a lot of teaching of God's Word. I can't remember what it, anybody ever said anything like about it or anything like that. But when I got saved, it was like a light turned on. And I, I, I was like a sponge. All of a sudden, I was like a sponge. I could soak it in. I could understand what was being saying, uh, said and what was preached. And I could look at my Bible, and it started to compute and started to come together. It didn't mean I understood everything, but it did mean that there, I'm telling you, it was like night and day, a light turned on. And the Holy Spirit takes residence in your life, and you start growing. We think about natural talents, advance man's plans. And spiritual gifts, advance God's plans. Natural talents, results are temporal. Spiritual gifts, result are always eternal. Eternal. Natural talents glorify self. Spiritual gifts glorify God. We think about the gifts that we have, the talents that we have, and uh, we need to use them for the Lord. And uh, the three primary list of spiritual gifts are found in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. And Ephesians 4. These are gifts and are, are, that are in one passage and not in the other. And of course, some of the gifts mentioned in these passages are not for Christians today. 
We think about God has a toolbox of gifts. He designed them for us to build his kingdom. Are you using your talents and gifts for his glory? Are you using those talents? We think about the importance of using his talents. Listen, for our church, I, I, I believe that we need, to, um, we need to put forth what we have for God. God, we need to tell, let the Lord know, hey, these hands are your hands, God. These feet are your feet, God. This heart is your heart, God. Uh, the, the, this full body, everything I have is yours. It belongs to you. <clears throat> we think about here as a poem, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men his way. He has no tongue but hit our tongues to tell men how he died. He has, to, he has no help but our help to bring them to his side. And that was by Annie Johnson Flint. We think about how important for us to understand our talents and make them available for God. Many of us, we understand, we, 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 uh, we think about the things that we can do for God and uh, all the different things. And whether it's, I, I'm, it doesn't matter whether it's cleaning the bathroom, that's an important thing to do. It may not take a lot to do it, but it's an important job. Vacuuming, that's an important job. Taking out the trash, that's a very, very important job. Uh, going on a visitation on Saturday, that's an important job. Handing out tracts is a very important job. Praying for others, that's a very important job. As we think about that, many different important jobs. People that work in the van industry, that's a very important job. Many important jobs. And I think the fact that over time we've seen people that have gotten... Uh, gotten involved, whether we had a hospital ministry. We had several people years ago that would go to the hospital ministry, and that was an important job. Several people. People would get saved over time. People that were in dire straits, they would come to know Christ as their Savior, and they were very happy about that. A prison ministry. Praise the Lord. That's an important job. We think about the ministry that we have, where we're at. Our neighbors, that's an important job. Your neighbors need you. So we as Christians, we have an important job, no matter what it is. All the different things that we do. I think David said uh, he'd rather be a door, door, a tent holder, t- tent door holder, whatever. Uh, how's that? How's that go? He'd rather be a, a door holder at the house of God, a doorkeeper at the house of God. We think about it rather than for living for the devil or doing whatever. When we think about there's no job. We think about the jobs that God we might end up doing. Uh, there's no job that's too low. Or, we think about the things that God will appreciate uh, in heaven, the things that God will uh, uh, reward us for, how important that is. We think about God, you know, many times he'll bless the little things and make them much. We think about the jobs that God, your talents and the things that you're, you're, you're doing today. Are you using the talents you have? I praise the Lord for those that are going to college and they're desiring to let God have themselves, right? God, here I am. I'm at Bible college. Speak to me. Show me. Direct me. That's a dangerous thing to say at Bible college, yeah? Ah, it just so happens I want you to go to Zimbabwe. No, where's that? (laughs) I think, is that in Africa or somewhere? Anyways, but we think about God may want you to become a preacher. God may want you to become an evangelist. God may want you to become an assistant pastor. He may want you to do going to full... Uh, full-time education, whatever. Uh, there may be a lot of different things. God may call you to one of those things. Very important jobs in the kingdom of God. The people that you influence and uh, the way God uses you. But how available are we? Hopefully you're available today. Let me encourage you to make yourselves available to God. Luke was available to God. 
Hey, Luke had a lot. I'm sure Luke had a lot of things going. He's a physician. Back then, man, they had a lot of people. You look at all the people that were following Jesus. There's a lot of people that needed doctors back then. We think about the fact that Luke, I'm sure, wasn't put out at all for giving his resources to God, giving his talents. Can you imagine Luke going to heaven and seeing our Savior and realizing I did what I was supposed to do? I did exactly what you want me to do. How about us? Are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we putting it forth? Are we keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ? Some people have quit, walked away from God. God didn't walk away from them. But he wants us to keep our, he wants us to keep our eyes on him, keep our eyes off this world system. This world is getting evil. This world is changing. This world is not what it was one year ago. This world is not what it was five years ago. Things are changing. And let me encourage you to live for God. Live for God. Use your talents. Let God have what you have and see what God does with it. Let's pray.